Speaking of the Pope this weekend, on the line is Derek Power. Derek, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, Derek, uh, your story, I was reading a lot of your story, and first of all, I, I, I don't know what the right words to use as an active survivor of Brother Jack Kelly, um, who abused you uh, when you were a young boy, only, uh, you know, I think you were only seven years of age at the time. I, I can't possibly imagine and understand the effect that's had on your life. Now, I know he was convicted and pleaded guilty to those crimes, but I can't imagine the effect, firstly, that's had on your life. It's turned your life upside down, I imagine. Well, I suppose it did, and in different stages at different times. Um, I was seven until I was nine uh, while it occurred, and I was raped um, a couple of times by him. Um, My brother, who was nine years of age at the time, uh, was terminally ill with cancer. He was the principal of our school, and um, as a Christian brother, um, it was a primary school uh, that brought him closer to our family. Um, that in itself, you know, as a young boy of seven, you, you just, in, I'm going back to, to 1977. So he was a family friend as well as being the principal uh, of the school. Your, your parents trusted him. Yeah. It, they were because uh, my brother was a student in the school and that brought him into our family, closer into our family. But uh, within that, as a seven-year-old child in 1977, we had no knowledge of, you know, being safe, how to stay safe, mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, what was going on. Plus also, you know, when the court case came about finally, the judge who sentenced him said the Machiavellian machinations indulged by him made him the worst he'd ever heard. Well, he was arraigned um, on 156 charges. Of- 156 charges of yeah. rape and child abuse. Um, in to, to Just coming back to this age of seven and, and nine, it had a, an awful experience during my childhood, in my teenage years, of the questions, you know, once I started to realise, you know, I was a young man and um, I was developing and, you know, um, and what this actually had meant and what it, you know, what occurred mm-hmm. and how it affected me. Um, but it wasn't until 1993 that I actually um, saw, when I went to the Gardaí, um, he had paid, I had spoken to my parents about it. And we had done nothing, you know, we said we said we would wait. But he had visited our home unexpectedly and my mother confronted him and he denied it and said certain things about me, you know. Um, that have insinuated been, that you were making the whole thing up or fantasizing. And so yeah, on. at the time I was suffering from depression because of it. Mm. And um, he said, look, he's not well, he's taking tablets, you shouldn't believe him. So following that, I went to the Gardaí and I made a report in 1993 and could you, if you, if you don't mind me asking, because some time had passed, obviously, mm. and this happens in a lot of cases with children who have been sexually abused or raped, that it's not till they get, you know, to 20 years of age or so that they start yeah. start thinking about these things and, and they go to the guards and report it. Could you, at that age, remember verbatim what happened to you? I mean, was this Absolutely. something, I mean, because for those of us who have never been sexually abused or raped, thankfully, yeah. I mean, this is something that we don't understand, that this plays on your mind. You can nearly visualize it every day of your life. I mean, could you remember the times, the days, what he did? Could you remember all that to report in, it at in the time? Uh, when I went into the Garda station, it took two and a half hours to make the statement. And uh, it was horrendous having to make the statement. But I was very clear about, you know, what he had done. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he had done it, um, the um, places, you know, where it occurred. The circumstances, yeah. And the circumstances of it. So the statement that I gave was very detailed, you know, uh, you know, concerning it. And can you remember um, him talking to you at the time? Like, what, 
what was he? What was he? Was he telling you to keep this a secret? Was he? No, which would be I the usual st- kind of thing. I hadn't seen him since I was ten years of age. Mm. So therefore, there was no communication between himself and myself mm. um, at all. Um, and there never, there, there never was or has been since um, uh, any communication with him. Uh, purely that once he had denied to my family, you know, that he had done it. It was then that I went to the Gardaí and made the uh, report, well, let's call it an allegation for now, mm-hmm. uh, that I had been raped and sexually abused. So between 93 and 95, uh, there was a guard investigation against him. Again, you know, we're looking at back in 93, 95, where the Gardaí wouldn't have been as trained uh, to deal with uh, victims of child abuse and rape at that time. Um, I imagine too on Garda Sheikh Khan at the time there was an element because the church had such power in the country and there was an, an authority there was an element of caution I suppose by the Garda Sheikh Khan that you know well we need to be careful how we approach this situation Well to, to, a, to a degree yeah. but what I will say about the Garda Sergeant who in that mind who investigated it um, you know I, I can't thank him enough although there were failings there um, when Jack Kelly was convicted, he was convicted uh, with uh, 11 victims of uh, over spreading three counties and uh, the 156 charges. Um, so many, other, the, many others had come forward at that point. Yeah. Well, in between 93 yeah. and 95, it was just me. Um, I had made the allegation. So the investigation just involved myself against him. In 95, then the DPP came back with a direction of no prosecution. And that in itself was devastating because I wasn't being believed. And um, it was my word against his. And if I can just put put in there that during the investigation of 93 to 95, um, the guards visited Tipperary. They visited the the, the Christian brothers down there. And the Christian brothers down there had said, no, we've removed Brother Kelly to England for further education. When later in years, when the case came to court, uh, the youngest victim uh, w- at that point was 17. And had the Gardaí gone to the Gardaí in, Tip- in Tipperary, they would have learned that they, were, they had investigated him. So there was a breakdown in communication mm-hmm. between the Gardaí and, uh, you know, uh, what I would call, you know, a, a, a proper and concise, you know, investigation. Instead of going to listen to the, the priest, the, the Christian brothers, who had blatantly lied. Of course. You know. So um, if they had have got to Tipperary, they would have had a cooperating story, obviously, which would have made the case better it, at the time. It would yeah. have been a, another person. Yeah. And it would, have not, it would not have just been me on my own. Mm-hmm. So in 1995, then, when that came about, I offered the names of four other boys uh, who are now men, you know, that I believed were abused as well. Uh, about six months later, I met the, the, the sergeant in Waterford who now t- had taken over the case. And he just said to me, Derek, we have him. He said, um, I now have six people, which that then developed into um, 11, that the full investigation had covered every school that he had taught in, every classroom he had taught in. And, um, you know, and, and that culminated in that. Coming back to your earlier point, you know, uh, you know that uh, I, I began to suffer from depression, you know, at the age of 21, 22. I had gone to the UK to study um, psychology and psychotherapy. And it was while I was studying that I, I realized myself, my God, you know, the, this is what has happened to me, you know. And uh, when we were looking at cognitive behavior and stuff like that, you know, I, I realized, you know, the damage that he had done. 
Was there ever so, a point, you know, in those days, Derek, that you could put it out of your mind? And again, talking from somebody who's never been in your situation, most of our listeners thankfully haven't either. But was there, is there points in your life where you, your night, life is normal, just like mine or just like anybody else's, where well, these things don't play in your mind? No, there, there wasn't. And I, I, I think through my latter teenage years, I was able to block it out because... You know, I hadn't been, you know, intimate, you know, with anybody at that mm. age. And it wasn't until I got to the age of 21, 22, when I started being intimate, with, 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 you know, with partners. And and I started to realize the intimacy, what it was bringing to me and how difficult that intimacy was. Mm. So, like, that's when I started to realize, you know, now something is wrong and, you know, what it is, something is affecting me that, that I'm unable to, you know, you know, as, as a normal person. You're, you're just another human beings had been damaged, basically. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and that had that effect. Mm. So between 93, between 95 and 1999, you know, the, the other victims had come forward and, um, Unfortunately, he still continued to refuse to plead guilty to me or not to, to admit to me. And was he point. back in Ireland at this stage or was he still in the UK? No, he was still in the UK. Right, okay. But he, but he had been brought back at the, at the second part of the investigation to remain here. Um, there was, from 1998 to 1999, there was a number of court hearings waiting, you know. And was, was he still teaching that. over? Was he teaching over no, in the UK? No, no. Once, he, once he was removed, he was removed. And, right, okay. and that was that. Um, when we got to court in, uh, 90, in, in November of 1998, um, he, it was myself against him because I, I was still the only person he wouldn't plead guilty to, even though I was the first person that had... Um, what, was it, what was it like to be in court that day and, and to see him face to face again after all those years? What was it like? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it I'm really sure it was. was. Yeah. I was surrounded by my family and members of the Rape Crisis Centre, but to see him... You know, and did he um, did he have any remorse, or did he look at you with any kind of compassion or empathy? Nothing, nothing no. like that. No, I, I think what he done, he had one of the most eminent uh, barristers out there, Paddy McEntee, mm. and um, what what he did say in his statement, victim impact, uh, he, he, sorry, his statement, um, you know, was that he he apologised that he had remorse, but for me, for somebody who from 1993 to 1999 until the day we stood on the court steps kept denying, you know, I found that, you know... But the, did shallow. that apology, did it mean anything to you at the time when he, when he said that? Does it, no. I mean, does it make it... Well, it does, obviously doesn't make it feel any better or go away, but does it do anything at all for you? No, it didn't do anything for me because I believe that, you know, he had ample opportunity over the years where he could have said, okay, yes, I, I did commit these acts against Derek Power and, mm. uh, and others, and uh, I, I accept that, and now I accept whatever, you know, justice or punishment that has to be given. So it, it rang hollow. And again, you know, that same day, you know, I went on the 6 o'clock news uh, with Mary Wilson uh, from RTE, but on that same day, the Christian Brothers issued a statement. But they issued their statement of apology through a public relations company, and not to us individually. Mm -hmm. So it just went to show that, like, you know, they weren't prepared to meet with us one by one and say, look, we're very sorry for what has happened. Um, you know, you, so you were just another number, essentially. It was a very clinical apology, yes. We were just another number, but yeah. what I will say about being another number was that, you know, I successfully had the first Christian brother in the history of their order into prison for child abuse. Mm -hmm. 
then we had straight well, after. I know that's not something that you should be proud of either. And I understand the point you're making. But, I mean, um, you know, up to that point, there had probably been quite a lot of them who had sexually abused and raped um, children, but had essentially just got away with it. Yeah, they got away with it. And uh, the, the reason then the Lafay Commission, which became the Rhine Commission, Mary, just as Mary Lafay resigned because of the difficulties that she was having with the orders, bringing forward the information, releasing documents. Oh, yes. And, well, they, it, well, and still to this day, they're uncooperative when it comes to absolutely. giving information and releasing files. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose that goes to a lot, a lot of what Colm O'Gorman speaks about mm. when he does speak, you know, that... You know, actions need to be, you know, speak louder I mean, we, than words. But it's still happening, Derek. In January of last year, we had Pope Francis accused yes. Chilean survivors of slandering the church, suggesting almost that he would sue them. Now, he later apologised and met with them and, and apologised for what he said. But it, it was the whole fact that he had been sucked in, Francis had been sucked mm. into this way the Catholic Church deal with things, which is deny, deny, deny until it's too late. Until it's too late, yeah. yeah. And that is so damaging in itself. But just on that point, when you're speaking about the Chilean situation, it, Francis was one of the first popes to accept the resignation of five uh, high-profile That's right, they were brought before him at the time. Yeah, right? and he, he dismissed them on the basis that they had misled him. You know, so... But th- was, it, was this not the point that I was trying to make? But up to that point, because... And I'm not having a pop at him personally, but he, yeah. had, been in, he had been inducted into this organisation... Uh, which he was surrounded by people who were well used to denying and well used to covering up. And he basically believed them and accused the victims uh, of slander, which was a shocking story at the time. Now, as I said, later on, he did apologise to those victims. You're right, he did bring those bishops before him and every single one of them were booted out royally. Uh, But in saying that, up to that point, he had been sucked into that whole way of dealing, their policy of dealing with abuse. uh, Well... Hence my 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 dealing with uh, Archbishop's house, dear Martin. Okay, so get, getting to why why you're here today, because you basically wanted to. Uh, we're on the list to have an, yeah. an audience, essentially, with the Pope exactly. to, to speak to him. Uh, they were to get back to you by yesterday, um, and yeah. you decided to remove yourself from the list. Um, I, I did. And and why did you do that? Or, I I felt that you know with that he, he was coming here. And it was Dermot Martin who had, and I have to give him credit, you know, who, who turned around and said that, you know, the visit of the Pope and an apology is just not enough. You know, no more needs to be done. Um, mm. The fact that it took, you know, the, the Vatican and, and um, it took them till the 11th hour to turn around and say, OK, listen, you, you know, you would be welcome. Um, I just felt it was an unfair thing. I think people should have been given proper notice to prepare themselves. Um, you know, for what they wanted to say. Uh, it, it, in, in some senses, it would have been an overwhelming experience to me. And what, would you, what did you want to say to him? I would have been very clear with him. I, I, I'm a Catholic, a, a practicing Catholic, and, and uh, you know, I won't go as far as say devout, but I am, I am a and, and as me, by the way, I'm, I've, I've said it before, I'm an atheist, but, but in saying that, it's very difficult for me to understand how, how you can be a practicing Catholic when the, what the Church yeah. has done to you. Well, but, I'll tell you, I'll tell, yeah. I'll tell you, Niall, that um, there was no way I was going to let anyone, anyone take away my faith in God. No, my faith in God is, is not inside in a church on a tabernacle, on an altar. It's not in a bricks and mortars or, you know, it's, it's not any place like that. You know, my faith in God, you know, is my belief, you know, in, in, in the suffering of Christ and who Jesus Christ is. 
Uh, and I wasn't going to allow uh, Jack Kelly uh, remove that from me. I wasn't going to but allow it wasn't. Uh, but it wasn't church. just Jack Kelly. It was the organisation, no, the Christian Brothers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, w- when we're talking about the investigation in 93 to 95, the first one, uh, the actual bishop at the time, Bishop Liam Watford, had instructed a friend of mine who's a priest, you know, that uh, he was not to, to comment. And the only comment that he made was that I was not to be believed. And this was coming from a friend of mine who was a priest. Now, I have seen for that. Yeah. And his explanation for me was that the bishop's secretary had informed him that this is the course of action he was to take. But, look, but, they, but And uh, this is what they were all instructed to do. And it seems in some cases... Under canon law. Well if, you canon, look, well, if you look in Philadelphia, it seems to be still the case that you keep, yeah. you keep denying all the time. And you don't use provocative words like rape or abuse. You use yeah. inappropriate actions or, or words, yeah. softer words like that. But well, getting back, they're, to, they're, getting back to what you would have said to ca- They're behaving under canon law and not, not the law of the country that they, that, that they reside in. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that must change. You know, that priests, nuns, uh, or religious orders, you know, should be subjected to, to you know, the, 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 the law of the land, you know, of, of where they are, and not to be, the, the, you know, dictated by, mm-hmm. you know, canon law and the doctrine of canon law. Derek, in relation to Jack Kelly, when you were seven years of age, how old mm-hmm. was he at the time, roughly? He was uh, 30 years of age. All right, okay. So, so and he, he was still quite a young man and quite a young man to be a principal of uh, a primary school right? at that point. And to what your caller says there um, about him being uh, an evil or a nasty man, indeed he was. You know, and w- w- the 11 of us were those that were sexually abused, but he had a brutal regime of um, uh, punishment uh, that he administered throughout the school. Um, so I, I agree with that, uh, you know, caller who's made that comment to you. Okay, somebody else um, wants to know: did, Was Father Jack Kelly, um, was it, well, Brother Jack Kelly, should I say, um, was he the same Brother Jack Kelly that was in James Street Secondary School? I, well, I don't know. I, yes. I, I, I don't believe know so. Oh, you I believe, believe so. so? All right, okay. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm. Loads of people are texting him actually who may be familiar with Jack Kelly. So there, obviously, other people are familiar with him and familiar with his his actions and his behaviour. But getting back to um, the reason you removed your name from the list and what you actually wanted to say to the Pope, yeah. if you managed to get to talk to him for, you know, for a brief minute or so. Had I been speaking to him, I was told that I would have had about five minutes with him. The first thing I would have asked him to do was uh, with the list of names of the other victims was that we say a quick prayer together. After that, I wanted him to be aware of, you know, the deceit, the lies, the cover-up. And uh, when we say, you know, the terms victims and survivors, it's very hard to, to, to move on from being a victim to become a survivor, you know, when, when you have all those obstacles, when you have all those lies, and when you have that complete blockage by the church, you know, not to accept anything has happened and to hide it and to move people about. In terms of being a survivor, you know, like, I'm a survivor, but I, I, I can tell you, and I was speaking to your researchers, you know, that, you know, I, I have had over 80 hospital admissions, you know, with at least 25 suicide attempts. Now, I'm not proud to say that on radio, but I think it's important for it to be said, you know, but I live in a good space now. And I live in, in, in and a by the way, you're not unique, now. Derek, in that, no, in that sense that, that there are so many victims out there. Of all sorts of abuse for the church, who are very similar state to yourself, who've tried to take their own lives. Yeah, well, when the when the Lafayette Commission uh, established itself, it it opened its branches over in Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham in England, London, and Manchester, Mm -hmm. and even America. 
because many of the people who were abused were so damaged, they just left this country. And, and they were destitute. And there were people who went with emotional problems to other countries and probably didn't function in, in the way many people functioned. And that's very clear when the, when the report came out of how damaged people were. But my, my point would have been to the Pope was like, you know, um, I will pray for you if you, if, you will, if you will become, you know, one of the first papacies that actually does something. The other two, three papacies, you know, in my lifetime, particularly the, the, there's been two, John Paul and Benedict, you know, have said sorry. But sorry is just not enough. But, but, but they, their actions didn't suggest they were sorry. I mean, John Paul, who everybody thought was this wonderful, well, look, caring look, look, pope, look. and the same with Benedict or Cardinal Ratzinger. I mean, yeah. their actions suggested to us that they were also involved in our accomplices in this horrible, horrible crime because, I mean, Ratzinger himself had an office and his office were responsible for moving priests who'd been, had allegations made. Well, the, he, he didn't, he was the first one in about 600 years that resigned the papacy. He didn't do it for no reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was reasons behind it. But again, in, in what I would have wanted to say to the Pope, you know, would have been, as a Catholic, you know, I will pray for him, you know, for his strength. You know, that if he is going to be, you know, a Pope that will make changes, that will implement changes. And when, when he issued this, the 2000 word statement, it was about the child, the child. No, you know, we have, a, we have a better understanding now. And I would say this to anybody active or, or behaving in paedophilia at the moment. Remember one thing, you may abuse a child while they're a child, but remember when they become an adult, we live in a society where we encourage people to come forward. So while your behavior may be as it is now and as apparent as it is, remember that that child at some point in their adulthood you know, will come forward. But but you know? the, but when you say they're learning something, only recently we brought in the Criminal Justice Act 2012, I think it was, which also mentions in that as well, that if you have information that a child's safety or life is at risk, that you must, but you have an obligation legally to report it. You know, mandatory. Yeah, absolutely. And there was an obstruction there by the church. Again, Cardinal Brady was the first one out of the trap to essentially say, well, actually, no, the seal of confession is more important and God's law is more important than state law. So, so they... It seemed even up to only a few years ago, there you had the primate of all Ireland telling us that, you know, no, we're going to ignore state law. Yeah, and obey canon law over, 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 you know, legislation that we have within our country. And these are where we need the changes. But these do you, but do you, do you really believe that Francis, and I believe he's a nice guy, I, you know, I'm not a fan of religion, but I believe he's a nice guy on a personal level compared to any other pope they've probably had. But do you honestly believe that apart from the fact that I think he draws people to the church with his personality and that he's a good guy, do you really believe that he can make any changes, changes in respect of putting steps in place to make sure that there's no more denials, to make sure that when somebody is found out that their files are handed forward to be it the okay. FBI or the well, police or whatever? I, 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 I'd like to continue to pray that he will. And the reason that I, I haven't met him is because nothing substantial has been said about what changes they will make. Mm. Apology has come out, but the apology came out, you know, just prior before he came to this country. You know, so issuing an apology before you arrive in the country and saying it was apparent, it was horrible, it was terrible for the children. He, he and the Curia and, and all of those, you know, that are out there must understand, okay, it happened to the child, but do not forget the adults that were involved. Mm-hmm. The likes of myself and other victims who were abused in primary schools, and particularly in our case, that we were raped and abused in a primary school, we were excluded from the law, the, the Lafay Commission on the basis of that we weren't in an institution. 
And when I once contacted somebody about it, I won't mention the person's name, but when, uh, they, they were profiled as well. And uh, I was told that, well, at least you had mothers and fathers to go home to at night. So therefore, you know, it, it, it just flew in the face of, you know, abuse is abuse is abuse. Rape is rape is rape, whether it occurs in a primary school or a secondary school. But at the time, I was lobbying, trying to ensure that members of those that were abused within primary schools by Christian brothers, by nuns, were allowed to be part of the Redress Commission. And we weren't. We were told that the maximum we could do was we could turn up, we could give oral hearings, but they would be not included in the report that was to be published when the, when the Rhine Commission report was finally published. So again, that was another further mm. injustice. And, uh, oh, wait, I wait, where, where, I is, where is Jack that. Kelly now? Jack Kelly got eight years. At, at Jack, the... Jack Kelly, once he was released from prison, uh, I learned he went around to a number of the monasteries uh, giving ex- explanations as to his behaviour. He, he is now no longer a Christian brother. Uh, they had, they removed him them himself. And nice. when I asked the prison service of where he, whereabouts he is, um, I was informed that they couldn't tell me, but what they could tell me was that he was out of the country, no longer lives in Ireland. I then contacted to make sure he was on the sex, sex offenders register where he lived, and I left that with the proper authorities to ensure that that was correct. And that, so, that was so right. do the authorities know where he is? They do. I assume. Sorry? Do, the authorities know where he is, do they? The authorities know where he is, they do. But in terms of the Christian brothers or anything like that, he, he, you know, the, the, they... they they, they removed him. Because there, seems, there seems to be a pattern to these guys, you know, and I watched a documentary about it recently, uh, you know, particularly some of the priests and bishops in America who had been, you know, caught essentially and charged and convicted yeah. and then released after a certain period of time or whatever it happened to be, that a lot of them tend to end up in countries where children are more vulnerable. Um, you know, countries around the world where, you know, they're not being watched yeah. as much. Well, where, where, we, where they don't have the education and they don't have Absolutely. what we have here in this country. Because these are paedophiles. We, they're, they're not going to change. Yeah. And let us remember what a paedophile is, you know, in, not, not in the definition of paedophilia. But a paedophile is not somebody standing under a lamppost wearing a trench coat like we used to think. That's what a paedophile was. A paedophile is somebody that's within your family that's been brought into your family, that's well known to your family, ingratiated themselves into the family, and then grooms. Yeah. You know, if, if, if yeah, they're given most, basically given trust, and with that trust, they abuse exactly. it and turn it into power. Yes, ninety-nine percent of children, if they were to be abused, God forbid, in the morning by a complete stranger, they would scream, they would scream, and they would go to their parents and they would scream. But when you have an abuser who is somebody that's very close within your family network. You know, the manipulation of, and that's how paedophiles operate. You know, so it is always important mm. for parents, you know, that they, 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 the parents particularly tell their children, you know, listen, you know, you don't have to kiss your auntie with the big nose and the wart on her face. Um, yeah. You don't have to kiss your Uncle John. You don't have to kiss your Auntie Mary. You know, you don't have to kiss anybody you don't ever want to kiss. And that there are parts of your body nobody is allowed to touch. We educate, I believe, now our children. When I say we, I mean this generation of adults. This generation of adults. We are the ones that are, are bringing everything to the fore. We are the ones that are turning around and saying there is such a need of change. Uh, and, and that is comforting for me. I, again, as I go back and say to you, you know, to be a survivor of child abuse, you know, means that you have to have had some form of justice for your victimhood. And to, be, to leave, you know, being a victim, to move to being a survivor, you know, certain matters have to, be, have to be put to bed and to come to terms with them. 
you know, again, I, I imagine your program, I hope, will, will release the number for the Rape Crisis Centre. I spoke with them yesterday, and like last year, they received a thousand calls, you know, in just in relation to sexual abuse. Because you know, people always think, by the way, of the Rape Crisis Centre as, you know, a woman who has been raped or whatever it is yes. that you contact them. Of yes. course, there are many people, different types of people who contact the and, Rape Crisis Centre. And it is, it is different. What I will yeah. say is my major connection at the time was with the Waterford Rape Crisis Centre where uh, I, I lived. They changed their name to the Waterford Rape and Sexual Abuse Centre. And I think it's probably a good idea for the Rape Crisis Network maybe to change their names, mm. you know, to that. Um, and I do know that the huge majority of calls that they are receiving, and I spoke with them yesterday, you know, are, uh, you know, from the past of people who were abused while they were children. Uh, that, that now outweighs mm. the number of uh, people that they deal with who would come and say, I was raped last month or... And how, how are you now, Derek? I mean, okay, you're not going to get to talk to the Pope. And, and, but firstly, are you going to the park on Sunday? I'm not going to go okay. to the park on Sunday, no. But, but what I will say is I, I probably might watch it on television. Right, okay. Again, at that, you know... Um, at least then you can turn it off if you feel you need to. Absolutely, yeah, you know. Okay. Um, and uh, how I am now, you know, it, it, sometimes it can be a roller coaster. You know, I, but I suppose well, there is an interest. There is an interest to see what he says. Although you know, it, words don't mean anything. To be honest, it's actions is what actually people want to see. But how are you now, Derek? I'm okay at yeah. the moment. You know, I'm still seeing a counselor. Um, I'm seeing a psychiatrist, and um, and they're helping me come to terms with it. You know, one of the best explanations given to me, you know, by a psychiatrist not so long ago, and it was a horrendous thing that. I had to wait 25 years to see a psychologist, and I believe that that has to change. You know, mm. um, psychiatry, you know, in itself, providing medication to victims of child abuse is not the answer. A psychology, you know, sitting down talking, you know, at, at, you know, the cognitive behavior model uh, and the other model of somebody listening to you, essentially, yes, absolutely. Because yeah. when I went to the rape crisis center first, I couldn't believe that here I have found a place where the sole purpose of coming into this building is they want to talk to me about my rape and sexual abuse, nothing mm. else. And, and, and how, that, and and how that it was made a great you feel. Relief. Yeah. It was such a great, great relief, you know, and, and it began a journey for me of learning about who I was, learning about what happened, um, where to apportion the blame, you know, because a lot of victims, you know, uh, not that they should blame themselves, but because they were the participant you know, who the victim, as uh, you know, within it as the second person, you know, guilt, guilt, guilt is part of it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's no two ways about that. Just, just finally, before I go, let you go, Derek, what do you say yeah. to the defenders of the church? And I say, when I say defenders of the church, I know you still have your faith, right? But let me yeah. give you an example, right? I've just received a text in here, and please don't be offended by it, but it says, when will you have thousands of kids that have been given a very good, educa a good education by the Christian brothers on your show? Now, to me, that's a sarcastic text, right? Okay. Uh, to me, that's somebody who's defending the Christian brothers, who's defending the Catholic Church by saying, oh, well, it wasn't all of them. It was only a small percentage. Generally, they were great people. Yeah, well, when, when I went to secondary school, uh, Christian brothers secondary, secondary school, um, still I'm in contact with one of those Christian brothers that taught me secondary mm -hmm. school in the mid-80s. In, in, in mid um, they were brilliant men. 
they were brilliant, brilliant men. Yeah, I, well, I, I went to the Dallas South College myself. Uh, yeah, school, yeah. And, and, and they were, now, they were I can't say they were brilliant men, by the way. Well, they okay. beat me from one end of the school to the other. But in All saying right. that... I don't, I don't know the in our age group, but I, yeah. in 1983, I went into secondary school. And all I can say was, you know, punishment was now after being, uh, you know, a corporal punishment. Yeah, you know, had let it be demolished. And yeah, mm. you know, so for that reason, I have great memories and I received a great education, you know, where I received the, 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 the highest um, leaving cert results of, of that year. Mm. And I put that down an awful lot to the education that I received from them. Um, so, yes, I am another person who would turn around and say, don't paint them all with the one brush. But what I am saying, though, clearly is that when one person does something so bad as this, you know, it's not the church that I'm attacking. I'm certainly not attacking the church. What I'm attacking is those with responsibility, you know, to make changes, those with responsibility to hold us to account. In any society, in any format, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, you know that should happen. Let me just make a, a final comment on something okay. like this. When you look at a country, the, the, the questions that always should be asked is, show me your weakest Show me your most vulnerable. Show me your most needy, needy. And show me how you treat those people. And I'll tell you what kind of society you are. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Derek Perrin. I appreciate you coming no, on the air being so honest today. All right. Show. It was wonderful speaking okay. to you. All right, Derek, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Indeed. Take care. Bye-bye now.